All right, guys, we are going to do something special with this episode. We have the potential for this episode to change the game. Okay, so you guys have to agree on the new version of the game just for today. This The new version of the game is just for this episode. If you both agree to it, we will do that for this episode. If not, we will play the game as normal. So, we're going to start this off with, I'm going to ask you guys, we can either play the game, or I will give both of you one point, and I get to tell you an interesting fact about a former first lady of the United States that I learned that's incredibly vulgar and lewd in all kinds of ways. But it's something I learned, and I want to share it with people. So I can tell you the fact, and you both get a point, or we can just play the game. Now it has to be, if it's the fact, you both have to agree to it. And like I said, it's incredibly vulgar and lewd. But it excites me nonetheless. So, <laughs> what say you guys? Oh boy. Um, well, I'm curious. So I, I am too. Hear the, I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're good with uh, the the new version for today. Okay, yeah. both of you get a point for for letting me have fun. Nice. You both get a point. So I found out this week, and I've actually done some some research into it. Apparently, back in the day. The the woman that was known by most people as Nancy Reagan, but back in her acting days, was Nancy Davies? 90% sure it's Davies. Either way. So back in her acting days, she was considered the blowjob queen of MGM. Really? Yes. Interesting. Apparently... She was known for just going around the MG lot and sucking a lot of dick. <laughs> of course you would be excited to share this fact. Yes. <laughs> wow. Because fuck the Reagans. Now, I don't mean that in a way that would be considered slut shaming or anything like that. If she wants to go around sucking everybody's dicks, I support her. That's fine. My issue is then, then she wants to act like, you know... Everyone else is terrible. You know, she was morally superior to yeah. everybody with what she does with her life, but and and she's been affectionately on TikTok called the throat goat. <laughs> wow. And you researched this. So I this did. I looked into like... it. Now there's not a lot of information on something like this. This I mean this to be fair. These are rumors and speculations and, and hearsay stories told throughout the years. But the best evidence I found to it, though, was her biographer, Kitty Kelly, also confirmed that story. So, wow. Yeah. That is definitely an interesting fact. Yeah. Wow. Crazy stuff. And apparently one of the most fascinating things about it, because it was the 50s, was the fact that she would give blowjobs during the day in offices, not even at nighttime. <laughs> I mean, in the, to be fair, in the 50s, that was extra scandalous. <laughs> yeah. But. 
Yeah, curious. I, f- I found that out okay. this week. It all started because a noted political pundit, Ben Shapiro, his sister um, was on Twitter and was talking about, like, was trying to slut shame Madonna because Madonna's now 63. And, like, she posted a picture of Madonna side by side with Nancy Reagan when she was 64 and was like trashy living versus like classic living. Like, trying to be like, Madonna's trashy and Nancy Reagan uh, wasn't. And then everybody yeah. was like, wait, do you not know she used to just blow everybody on MGM? And so I did some digging. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the... I'm imagining that you're like ears or your eyes just perked up when you saw that. And you were like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. Let me find out more. So... And, uh... Then, you know, that does lead to, like, a cursor, you know, fuck the Reagans. But. And we can't unknow this now, so. You can't. Appreciate it. (laughs) I just, I personally thought that that was a very interesting fact. Yeah, I think it was worth it. Switch it up for this game. Man, crazy stuff. It's amazing what. It was a juicy fact, so it was totally worth it. Yep. Well, the internet always wins, apparently. It does. And I just, I love every aspect of that. I like to think that I won't go any further. I won't go any further. Uh, yeah, you guys ready to start this episode? Yeah. Yep. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Alright. Are you ready? Yes. Come on. Cinema Slayer. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today, we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the 2021 Steven Spielberg remake of West Side Story. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. Put time codes in the description to uh, allow you to jump around if you so require. And with that, also, I think the thing that was doubly fitting with the whole Nancy Reagan, Nancy Davies story was, you know, this was kind of right around the same time as the the original West Side Story was made. Because she would have been doing that in the 50s and 60s. And it was made in 1961. Full circle with Nancy Reagan blowjob information. I can tie it all together. Anyway, back to 2021 West Side Story. Uh, Heather, what are your thoughts about this movie? Um, well, I will say I, I'm going to be one of those people. I'll get flack for this maybe, but I did not see the original West Side Story. Um, I did look into it after seeing this one, but just to kind of compare and see you know, the differences and things like that. But um, this was kind of just 
for me, it was fine. Um, it was very beautiful. The cinematography, the shots, very, very beautiful. Um, I will give it that for sure. I mean, it's Spielberg makes sense. I'm not surprised that he, you know, directed and made a really beautiful film. Um, the acting is good for what it was supposed to be, uh, for the most part. Um, I, but for me, this, I don't know, this, it it was just kind of, uh, it was just a kind of okay run of the mill musical movie for me. Um, I don't really think that there's a lot of songs in it that are like super stand out that like, you know, just made it an amazing moment in the movie, at least for me. There's some good songs, sure, some catchy ones and all of that. But, you know, those musicals and things like that that have like that one song that you're like, oh my gosh, that was the best moment. That was the best song. I don't really have that for this as far as the songs themselves. There are some scenes um, during certain songs that I think stand out, but I, I don't think that the the songs themselves are very memorable um, for the most part. So just nothing that was super standout or outstanding about the songs themselves. Um, The story is okay. I know it was probably a bit um, updated for, you know, today's age, but um, it it was, it was fine. It was one of those where I'm glad that I saw it and, you know, just to kind of see what they did with it and the things that they changed, the things that they didn't change. kind of also to see what the hype is about it, you know, even from the original. So, um, it it was something I'm like, you know, I'm glad I saw it for what it was, but it was really kind of a, a one-time watch for me. And it was just a very, it was fine. It there, the story lines were, um, I, I feel like the story that they were trying to tell, there were parts of it that were a bit rushed that probably should have had a little bit more, um, fleshed out about them to make this movie a little bit more effective in what it was doing. But again, I know sometimes translating it to a movie from a musical or I don't know, maybe not, but either way, I feel like there, there were some things translation wise in the story that needed to be a little bit more present than they were um, to make me feel like I was more connected to any of these characters. So, um, it was fine for me. Like really there's it's, it doesn't really stand out. It's not the most memorable musical I've ever seen or performances I've ever seen or the most amazing singing I've ever heard. I actually had a couple of problems with some of the singing, not that any of it was bad, but just preference wise. Some of the singing wasn't my favorite style of singing, which is maybe why the songs weren't as memorable for me. Um, which, you know, we can get into a little bit more, I'm sure, during the spoilers, but yeah, it was fine. It was an okay movie that, um, I'll probably just kind of put in the back of my mind to be like, oh yeah, I saw that once. (laughs) Uh, Justin, what about you? Yeah, so I'm kind of in a similar situation as you, Heather. I really never saw the original West Side Story from 1961. Um, I've always known about it. And I know that, you know, for 
what for its significance in Hollywood and everything that it is widely regarded as one of like the greatest musicals that the Hollywood has ever produced. I know that it has that reputation. I know that at the time that it came out in 1961, it won quite a few Oscars and was one of those just like highly awarded um films. So I know that this movie or the the story, the West Side Story has uh, that reputation for being that kind of a movie. I knew, even though I hadn't seen the film, I knew kind of what the synopsis was, that this was kind of a more, at the time, a modern day take on Romeo and Juliet. And you can definitely see that in this you know you 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 know if you're familiar with the Romeo and Juliet story then you get the star-crossed lovers you get that you know these two warring sides and there's um a love button between two people on opposing sides you could probably pick out who are certain characters like oh Mercutio the friend of the 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 guy well there's a character for that you know and then you go through and I'm sure that you can kind of line up how this was going for Shakespeare, but it was just kind of a modern uh, twist on it. Um, Another reason, though, why I never saw the movie, though, was just because it's very, now it has become very polarizing um, when you talk to different fans and people like that that um, know or have seen this movie because, I mean, because at the time, you know, it, a lot of the roles were played by of the Puerto Ricans and people like that were played by white actors. Um, one famous thing I did know from it was the actress Rita Moreno was, her skin was darkened or they thought that they needed to darken her skin so that she could quote unquote look more Puerto, Puerto Rican and and Rita Moreno is Puerto Rican. So, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine somebody telling me that my skin needs to be darker so that I could be brought as more black. Like, I'm not even going to, I can't even like fathom how that she must have felt being told that and having to do that. So I, I knew a lot of things about the original just based on what I had heard and some of the controversies and things like that. So then comes this movie, which is supposed to be like Steven Spielberg. And, and he's even said in interviews and things like that, his hope was to update this and make it more relevant and try to, um, really give it the proper representation that it serves while still trying to pay homage to the original. And I can say that this is going to be one of those movies, regardless of the scores we give it, it's going to be highly reviewed because it is well-made. Like as Heather was saying, it's a well-made film. So pound for pound, when you look at it as just a movie, it is good in the sense that it is well made. It's got good cinematography. The the acting from all the actors and actresses is good. Some of the dance numbers and the dance choreography is good. It's colorful. It's dynamic. It's got all of those things that you want in a musical. Now, these songs probably aren't my cup of tea, but none of the songs were bad songs per se. I do think that 
the the modern musicals nowadays are probably a little more cohesive. The songs probably fit a little bit more with what's going on and different things like that. I mean, being that this is 1961 material that we're updating, you could see where sometimes the songs just don't quite fit. Like, like there was one song in particular where all this serious stuff happens, and then all of a sudden we are at a um. We're, we're, we're working at a mall or like a shopping center and we're, we're happy when all of this really dark stuff happened. And I was kind of like, okay, this is out of nowhere. And I don't know. Uh, maybe that's how the original ra- arrangement was, but there are kind of parts like that where you're just kind of like, uh, I don't know if, um, I don't know if the tone was right to shift it like that. So there are like little questionable things like that. And then, of course, there are story elements in this that I wasn't a fan of and that I kind of still like, man, you know, I don't know if an update really helped this or if it kind of helps to exploit more things that are wrong with it or maybe just fundamentally there is just something wrong about this story that even with an update it can't quite get around just some of the thing it can't get out of its own way maybe the nature of it is problematic and so it almost doesn't matter what you dress it up with but ultimately that's kind of what i felt about this it's it is well made it looks good. The The acting is good. So I can't call it a bad movie, but I do still feel that 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 part of the legacy of this is some of the problematic elements it has with multiracial people and different things and the way Puerto Ricans are portrayed and different things like that. And I don't know if this, even though this does, I think try to better handle some of those things, I don't know if it completely succeeded. And that would probably be the biggest knock against this. It's more narrative and story things that I maybe wish they had changed to try to say something more about the subjects presented here, like anti-immigration and racism and narcissism and... um you know, some of these things that are in here and just stereotypes and things like that. I almost wish that this had been bolder. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. And I'll stop rambling here in a second, but maybe that's the word. I wish that this was bolder uh, rather than this just being an update. I think that you could have justified this this existing if it was bolder, if it made more updated statements and kind of had something to say about the legacy that this film sets, you know, not only cinematically, but kind of socially what it sort of perpetuates. And I wish that this had had a way of saying that, hey, look, some of that stuff is wrong, but look, this is what it's going to represent now. This is what I wanted wanted it to represent now. But I don't know if that was really Spielberg's mindset, and I don't know if he was as ambitious as maybe he thought that this was. So, yeah. I guess that's overall uh, where I stand on it. So we're hitting for the trifecta tonight. I haven't seen the original West Side Story either. I knew some of the songs in it from being in band and everything like that. Like, I I think I played some of these songs. 
But I didn't really know like the movie. I never really watched anything like that. And then by the time I was maybe old enough to actually appreciate it or something like that, I had found out what it actually is, which is just, you know, a bunch of white people playing Puerto Ricans and had no desire to watch that because, you know, that's dumb. Uh, so, yeah, I just never ended up watching it ever. Um, and then, you know, we watched this movie. And as both Heather and Justin said, this movie is beautiful. It's incredibly well shot. You know, as you would expect a Steven Spielberg movie to be. You know, even bad Steven Spielberg movies are just infinitely better shot than a lot of other movies. I mean, say what you will about War of the Worlds. It's a shitty fucking movie, but it's well shot. Because, you know, Steven Spielberg. It's what he does. Right. But, other than that, this movie, to me, offers just fucking nothing. I don't think it really fixes any racial problems that it has. I don't think that this is an interesting story. I don't think that, you know, it's worth doing this version of a fucking Romeo and Juliet tale. I don't think that the musical stylings of a fucking older musical like this translates well today. I think more modern musicals are actually more musical with better singers and songwriting in them than older fucking musicals. Uh, Something that this musical does and a lot of older musicals do that I fucking hate and I can't stand is the female characters will get insanely high for very long sections of time in the songs. Like with their pitch and the notes. (laughs) And it just makes me want to stab my ears with a pencil. Because I don't know how any human actually understands the words they're fucking singing. Because they're unintelligible. It's just high-end fucking screeching at that point. And fuck, it's annoying. Like, I cannot stand that. And that is something very common in old musicals. It's almost like operatic in a lot of cases. And it's just, fuck, I hate it. I hate it (laughs) completely. I don't feel like, even when you have very modern, talented singers doing something like that, it just never translates well. I think a lot of the tonality in older musicals, and in this one, just kind of fucking sucks. There's nothing really interesting. It's either fairly monotonal singing, or like I said, high-pitched warbling. With no middle ground or dynamics or fun. It just eats away at my soul when I watch something like this. There's also a weird juxtaposition between what they're singing, what they're saying, what they're doing, and then kind of what what they're dancing. It's very just weird. Like that opening scene when they're all stealing the paint and shit... And they're walking down the street and they're just like doing random pirouettes. It's just weird. Like I understand and I'm not trying to make some weird comparison that they're trying to be all manly and tough, but then doing ballet esque moves, you know, because I don't think that that's really a real thing. You can be a tough ass ballerina dancer. I'm sure most ballerina dancers could probably beat my ass because you know, they're all, athletic and in peak human condition and I'm nowhere near that 
you know, if you compared me to most like male bell like ballet dancers, I might not be considered human anymore if you compare me to them and call them human also. <laughs> so I'm not trying to make any distinction like that. I'm just saying visually it's just weird. It's just weird. And they're like, yeah, I'm gonna stab you. Pirouette. Yeah, it just it doesn't match what's supposed to be happening in the scene. Yeah. It's just weird. And I get that they you're, they're doing that because it's a stage play, but it's still weird. I think it'd be weird in a play. You know, I don't I don't know about you guys, and this might be a spoiler. I don't think it is. So I'm gonna say it now. That dance scene in which uh Tony and uh Oh, what the fuck is the main girl's name? Maria? Maria? Yeah, that one, Maria. When Tony and Maria, their dance number that, you know, that starts the whole, the whole catalyst for everything. Was that not just weird dancing? Yeah. It was, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> Did it not look like I was watching like it with some birds? people and Did- they started laughing. <laughs> yeah. Did it not look like two birds doing a mating ritual? That's exactly yeah. what I thought. I was like, why does this look like mating or something? It like, looked like I was yeah, watching Peacocks about to, to fuck on Discovery Channel. Like, it was so weird. Like, I just, I don't, like, it just made no sense to me, you know? And, like, so many things about this musical are just weird to me. Like, the first movie, the 1961 movie, you know, the one that m- most movie critics just masturbate to on a constant basis because it's like peak old school fucking Hollywood terribleness. Like, the, you have like a song like America, which is talking about how hard it is to not be white in America. And it's sung by a bunch of white people portraying Puerto Ricans. With no irony whatsoever. Yeah. And I think you had a really good shot in this movie of taking things like that and really hammering in some of the systematic issues we still have in this. I think you could have used some of those instances even better because they were like, oh, we're going to actually hire not white people to play these not white characters. And that's super cool and all. But then the story still feels like it's written by two white people in the 50s and 60s, uh, like acting like they know what Puerto Ricans are. Because that's exactly what it is. Like, you know, they they have a Puerto Rican cast or just like non-white cast in this, but it still feels like it's stereotypical. Yeah, it still feels like a white person in the 50s wrote it. Because that's still what it is. So they didn't really even attempt to modernize any of that or to more realistically update some of that stuff. So it still feels... It's it's a better cast version of the original, but at the same time still feels like the fucking original. You know? Like, they constantly go out of their way to make the white characters weirdly sympathetic even though they have less reason to be sympathetic and then with like a lot of the Puerto Rican characters they'll say things like yeah but we're not like that we're not like that but then 
they just have them be like that? In the end? So it's still just feels like a dirtier, like a dirty version of the same fucking shit again. Like, cool. I'm glad we waited 50 years to do that again. That's cool. Like, then just on top of that, like, at the same time, this, fuck, this movie is so goddamn bland. It, it is visually spectacular. It's like if you're looking at a picture of food and it looks spectacular. You're like, oh my God, I want to eat that food. Like you're looking in a menu and they show a picture of the food and you're like, fuck, I want that. And then you get that food and then it tastes like you're eating a literal picture. <laughs> that's, that's kind of this movie. Yeah, that's a great example or metaphor. I just like this. I don't who the fuck is this movie made for people 65 and older and theater geeks. Like that's it. Like who, who the fuck else is watching this movie? I mean us. Cause we're dumb. Like, why should we watch <laughs> this? I know why Steven Spielberg. Cause we're still those assholes. We grew up with Steven Spielberg being one of the greatest directors of all time. And you just want to give that motherfucker the benefit of the doubt every chance you can. True. He slaps you in the fucking face too many times lately. Oh, I'm so <laughs> mad at him now. But like, well, that's, that's definitely one way of looking at it, but m- maybe like from the entertainment aspect, but I do think maybe there is something to learn here like if you're one of those people where you're you know because looking at the 1961 one i don't know if i would ever look at that to enjoy it (laughs) i mean it would just definitely be hard to enjoy it but i do think that there is definitely a lesson to take from it like you can look at something like that and see that it is a product of that time and then you can look at something like this one see the changes that are made and stuff like that and you can almost chart how there has been some progress because the you know the, there is some in this movie where they you actually have some of the uh, the Puerto Ricans are actually playing Puerto Rican characters and different things like that but it's also a reminder of how far we have to go so I don't know I, I would never so looking at it that way I would never like discourage someone or say that there is no reason at all to look at this like there are reasons but I think that you just have to understand what it is you're looking at like when you go back and watch some of this stuff where you have black face or you have have these white people playing these um 
foreign parts and different things like that. I don't think that you should be going back and watching these things to celebrate it. If anything, it should be one of those things you go back and look at and be like, damn, man, I'm sure I'm glad nothing is like that, that it's not like that anymore. Or I'm sure glad that we've come a long way from that. Like, I, 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 I kind of want more people to see it and be like, we shouldn't like this. Like, this is not the way it should be. This is not anything that should be celebrated. If anything, this should just be a warning. Like, man, we don't ever want to go back to this, you know, and we've got to keep progressing so that it is not that anymore. You know, we got to keep having representation so that we don't go back to that. So, Understand that that is a class, it's a classic and everything like that. And it's a product of its time, but you also need to add context to that. If you're going to watch these things, you know what I mean? But I don't think anybody should be looking back at that and going, Oh, it's just great and wonderful and everything. Like, even if you think, Oh, this is a, this, this is unquestionably a classic. It's an innovator. It innovated for cinema at the time and all those things. Because all those things can definitely be true. So it can still have a historical significance to cinema, but yet still be misguided. And and also, but it can also set that precedence that it was misguided. It is not what needs to be. It was a product of a bad time, a racist time. And it also needs to be used as something to move us forward as well, you know, with progress with those things. Because it definitely was not that, you know what I mean? So I think there's value in that way, but that should be the value of it, you know, and to be able to talk about it and have conversations exactly like this one, you know, it's important that people realize this and see things like this, I think, so that you can know just how bad it was and just how far we have to go. But I'm I'm not even talking on a cultural aspect. I'm literally talking about a financial aspect. This movie cost a hundred million dollars to make. So to me, this is a hundred million dollar movie that's target audience to make its money back. Its target audience is still sixty five or older in theater geeks. Nothing about this movie really screams. To be watched by a younger audience, which you need if you're fucking making a hundred million dollar movie. This movie needs to make 200 to 250 million dollars to break even. Yeah, and I've already seen reports that it bombed and everything like that. It made 12 million domestic. Damn. 17 worldwide. This movie's going to lose a lot of money. That's really bad. And then, like, the crazy thing is is that when you listen to, like, Spielberg interviews and stuff like that, like, he really thought that... He really thought that... it, It sounds as if he really thought that he was making something that more, like, Puerto Rican people and stuff like that would go see and younger people would see because, like... 
th- there was an article I read because one th- one of the things that was interesting about it is that there are no subtitles. You know, like when the when Puerto Rican people are speaking Spanish and everything like that, um, or Latin or whatever, they when they're speaking their language, like there's no subtitles to translate what what they're saying. And that was a choice that he had made because he felt like, well, you know, when when Puerto Rican people come to see this and everything like that, I think it would be disrespectful to them to have subtitles because it would almost in a way indicate that this is not for them, you know. That, that this is not mm-hmm. for them. Like, yeah. I want them to feel as welcome as the, um, as the American, as like the Americans that watch this. So, you know, it, you know, and there's no subtitles for the Americans. So I don't think it would be fair to have subtitles for them. And that's why that choice was made. And that's kind of ironic because you could argue, was this ever made for them? <laughs> I mean, was this you know what i mean and that even in and of itself almost shows how misguided this is even if the intentions are noble i still feel like he doesn't quite understand why this is problematic you know it's because it boils down to it that even though this was written by two white people and all this other stuff if you wanted to have a more authentic Puerto Rican feeling to it, you have a Puerto Rican direct it. Because as much as I, you know, feel like I am progressive and, you know, understanding and all these things, it would be just like if Tyler Perry wrote a script and I directed the movie. It still wouldn't be authentic. It still wouldn't hit mm. anything. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it'd still be missing a step, you know, as much yeah. as I, you know, listen and, you know, think about these things and all that. I'm just, I, I still couldn't authentically make a movie about the black experience in America, you know? So unfortunately for Steven Spielberg, you can't make a movie about the authentic Puerto Rican experience in America. Yeah. There's just some things you can't do. And this material was never made for them. Exactly. And that's the other step of it. The truth is, yeah, you know, the truth is it just wasn't. So for you to try to say that, well, this is, you know, I'm going to change that, that that's what this is going to be, is a very ambitious thing to try to do. Like, no, I'm going to change it. I'm going to have Puerto Rican actors and actresses and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to have, you know, they're they're, going to be more intricate to the story and I'm not going to have subtitles and, you know, it all sounds like noble things to try and rectify some of those things. But, like, but, but again, there's that old school white filmmaker cinematic part of him that just loves that golden age of Hollywood and you know that loves that stuff so he's not going to want to change it too much because he doesn't want to taint what it was either but in doing that you're also serving the original purpose of it and that was just to entertain white people you know 
Yeah, because ultimately this movie or this story is still written by Bernstein and Sodheim. Like, you know, that's what it is. And I mean, yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Well, it's just it's like Steven Spielberg. It's like with him directing it, and that's still being the story it's written from, and all this other stuff. It kind of just to me feels like if you and me were having a conversation, Justin, and I was like, you know what, Justin, because I'm an ally and everything, I'm going to tell you what it's like to be black in America. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a no-no. You can't do it. You can't make that assumption. You can't exactly do that. I could have the best intentions in the world. Yeah, but but that's still part of the problem is that you feel that you can do that, you know, and that's, oh, man, I just, yeah, and, and that's just the part of it where he misses the boat, and it sucks because this movie is going to have so many critics and people just like, oh, yeah, it was great. It improves over the original. They they added the, you know, it's got diversity in it because he has a Puerto Rican cast and everything like that. But when you listen to stuff like, like, like I read that art, like I was telling y'all before we started, that article I read written by an actual Puerto Rican woman who watched both and had something to say about both. Her first experience is watching the 1961 as a child and then her watching this now and how this didn't resonate with her really either. And even though she appreciated some of the efforts, she admitted that that some of the Puerto Rican actors and actresses had some strong scenes. But she just said that this isn't resonant with me because just mainly by nature of what it is (laughs) and what it's set out to do. And I think that. Spielberg missed the mark on that. I feel like he had good intentions. I don't feel like he was one of those uppity people like, yeah, look at me. I'm going to make the, I'm going to, you know, make this and Puerto Ricans are going to like it and everybody's going to love it. I don't know if he was, it was arrogance in that way, but I feel like he's trying to rectify something and not really understanding just how deep that needs to be like you said a puerto rican director he should have been helping somebody else direct this you know he like, should have been a producer or yeah. should have been asking you know he should have been yeah. on the sidelines helping a puerto rican director tell it from their perspective and make it something different than what this is you know it feels like it was just like a something where he was like, I've always wanted to remake this movie. And so he just did mm. it. <laughs> it just, not that it was like, I want everyone to think I'm amazing, but just more like, I want to make this the way that I envisioned it looking and whatever. So I, I feel like it, to me, it feels like it was something he was just like, I've always wanted to do it. So I just did it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's just unfortunate because like all these critics are going to like, it's going to get high reviews. Like it's going to get a ton of crit- yeah, review- critics are going to like it and it's going to get good reviews and everything like that. But these are. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, it's probably just going to be a lot of white critics. 
Like, well, I do want to get into that because I I have some t- comments about the reviewers of what some of this stuff. Uh, I do they don't understand, but and they're gonna like it because they're gonna be like, oh, it's beautiful and boom like this. It has diversity and stuff like that, but they don't understand either. But Justin, so they're giving it, it a score just based on those things. You know what I mean? That, but, though, Justin, it's worse than that, and I will get into this more later. But in a general, okay, like, just with it. The people that don't like it are more or less saying, I don't like it because it's not the original. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, that's why it's even worse. Yeah. And then there's that. Those people that are like, the original is just better and um, more authentic and it's just leaps and bounds. The original is just the best. And then you got that. Those people that really just don't understand what that implies, what you are saying when you say that. (laughs) Yeah. We will will get more into that because I do want to break that down more. Uh, let's, let's move on so we can, cause we're, yeah. we're f- pretty much talking like we're in the spoiler section. So let's get yeah, there. I didn't mean to go that far with it, but <laughs> no, you're fine. felt like it was important to say. It's also <laughs> an almost shot for shot remake of a fucking movie made 50 years ago. What the fuck is there to spoil? It's, so True. it's fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's also Romeo and Juliet. So what is there to spoil? I mean, fuck it. Tony yeah. dies in the end. Who really gives a fuck? Uh, recommendations, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Recommendations and score. Uh, Justin, go. Man, this is hard because, like, well, well based on the logic I just gave, I, I think that there is a value to this in understanding like its historical place and how it compares with the original. And I think that as a, like an educational tool on maybe like some of what not to do, like some of like, um, or at least just understanding and learning like why this plight this, this, for diversity in Hollywood and representation and proper representation and everything like that. I think definitely this can be watched and learned from under the right lens. But uh but but as a movie, I do struggle to to give a recommendation like asking somebody to go spend money on this especially if you've if you've already seen the one from 1961 it really isn't much different from that other than like like we have talked about the casting and the the color palette update and and some of the dance numbers are different just from the 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 comparable clips and and sections of the film of the 1961 that I saw and compared to Yes, some of it's different and some of it in a lot of ways is better just because it's more colorful. It's more of an update. The 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 Puerto Ricans are played by Puerto Ricans, you know, different things like that. So if I got to compare the two, this is a superior, in my opinion, version of this movie. So it sounds like I should be able to give it a recommendation. However, I do think that because it does, it's not bold enough. It doesn't 
it doesn't change enough of it narratively. So like into so like my brain today, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. I'm not understanding some of the characters' decisions. And so by the time I got to the end, it didn't resonate with me like I I think I feel like it would have in 1961 or something like that. So I can't recommend it for entertainment purposes. I can only recommend like for an educational purpose. But if you're trying to like, should I spend money to go see this? Nah, there's plenty of other movies that you can see and they're probably not two and a half hours long. So, you know, so there is that. Uh, With that being said, we'll just go with a score of. Man, I don't know, 60. um, There were a lot of. Twirls and spins in this movie. That was like the dance move of this movie out of a (laughs) hundred. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I kind of, I don't disagree with Jastin on that too. Like, especially based on the, um, the clips that I did watch from the original and everything. I do believe the acting to be much better in this one. I believe the dancing to be better, more fun in this one. It's more beautifully shot. Of course, uh, there are elements of it that I think, you know, we're done a little bit better in the updated version of it. But again, just kind of like what Sterling was saying, it's very much, you know, it is that Romeo and Juliet type of thing. And to be honest, that was never my favorite story in the first place. <laughs> um, it was never really one that I felt like I related to or was super invested in. And so it's kind of carried over into this same story. Um, I think I care maybe a little bit more about this story, but not much. Um, you know, and again, it it is very bland. I think bland was a good word for it. It's very run of the mill. It's very just kind of a whatever, like it's not going to stand out to me as one of my favorite musicals I've ever seen in any sort of way. Um, I mean, I do think there, to be honest, the standout, person and performance and whatever in this movie is by far Anita. Um, Ariana DeBose is the best thing about this movie, in my opinion. Every scene that she was in, she stole. She really just kind of you know, captivates you when she is on screen. So I think for, for that sake, I will say she does a great performance. Um, I think, yeah, I think she's actually really great in her role in this movie for what it was. You know, like as good as you can possibly be in this type of movie with the movie being as lacking as it is in a lot of ways. Um, she definitely elevates it a little bit. And also, I think that um, Mike Face, Feist, the guy who played Riff, I think he was actually really great, too. Something about how he portrayed the character, I think, was really great. I feel like a lot of the supposed supporting characters in this film are better than the leads. And I think it's just because their characters are written a little bit better. I don't know. I imagine that that might be sort of how it was in the original, given that uh, Rita Moreno won, you know, like a supporting actress, you know, award for the, for the original. So maybe that's mm-hmm. how they were written in the original as well. But in either case, they were more interesting characters to me than the leads were. Um, and also, yeah, part of what, Sterling talked about as far as the the singing styles is the issue that I have with it. Um, I don't really prefer like the female lead 
of course, she has a beautiful voice. She could sing, you know, obviously. It's just not my preferred tone or style of singing. I think, again, Anita had a better voice. Um, I enjoyed when the, the males sang. I think that Ansel Elgort, the lead, he has a really great voice. I just feel like, yeah, they were better. It's just not my preferred style of singing. And maybe it is that whole mentality of these songs that are kind of dated just don't translate well now. And maybe that's why it missed the mark for me, even in the style of singing. Um, but in either case, it's really just an okay movie that it, it, it just, it didn't do anything to make me care more about it in this version than I would have in the original. <laughs> um, and it is unfortunate because yeah, I think it, it was just kind of a, I don't know if I would say misguided attempt by Spielberg, but just an attempt where I really just feel like he was like, yeah, I should make this movie. I think I could do a good job making it, you know? And I think that was kind of all it was <laughs> like, I, I could be dead wrong on it, but it just, the effort that it felt like was given into the movie as a whole, that's just kind of the vibe it gave was like, yeah, I just feel like I could make a cool looking version of this film and that's it, <laughs> you know? So that being said, probably I, I can't really say I recommend it because I just don't think it stands out. I mean, if you want to watch it to compare it to the original and see the updates or the differences and see if you think they've done a better job in the newer version, sure, go watch it. But I'm with Jason. Like, I don't really necessarily recommend people spending money to watch this movie. I think it's um, a bit boring and drags in some parts. I think it doesn't develop stories as well as it should in other parts. Um, it's not very well paced. So, um, it's really just kind of a fine, it's okay. So I will give this movie, I'll give it, mm, I'll give it 53 anticlimactic knife fights between the jets and the sharks out of a hundred. Now, fuck no, I don't recommend this movie. I, I, I get your argument with it, Justin. I, I really do. But to me, I don't think we need this movie to be a reminder of how far we've come yet, how far we still have yet to go. Cause to me, it's almost, you can look at any other movie we have out almost and get that feeling. So I don't necessarily need this movie as that reminder. And, and cause to me, it's like, I, I, I don't see the point in recommending a movie, even with that context. When to me, it's one step forward and two steps back. Well, maybe not even that. Maybe it's two steps forward, one step back to keep it more allegorious to what you were talking about. I just still don't see the point in that. I I feel like every other movie can kind of still give you that. You know, I think just Hollywood in general with how they cast and the outrage when certain people are cast in things and stuff like that. I think that that alone kind of tells you all you need to know about that stuff, you know, so I just, I don't see this point being that this movie being the point of that. And I think it was a waste of the talent Steven Spielberg does have. I think it's a waste of most of the cast. I feel like it's a waste of a digital hard drive space to be recorded on. I just, I don't really see the point in a lot of it. I just really don't. And 
you know, when we go more into the reviews, I I feel like most of the reviewers don't know what the fuck this movie really is either. It gets scary. It truly does. Um, so I give this movie. I mean, it's still well shot. Uh, thirty-two. I'll give it thirty-two. Why the fuck didn't you just have Broadway and Hollywood megastar Puerto Rican Lin Manuel Miranda direct this out of a hundred? <laughs> That's Spoilers? fair. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, going back to that, why 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 didn't Lin Manuel Miranda not direct this movie? Right, because and and now that you say that too, like I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about, um, you know how West Side Story is by a bunch of white people. I'm like, I feel like this is the worst version of what In the Heights was trying to be a little bit, you know, like. In the Heights was so well done and so much better. And I feel like Spielberg was trying to give that vibe with this movie and it just didn't work because it's not the same, you know, you don't have someone from that culture (laughs) making this movie. You know what I mean? And I think that was a big part of why In the Heights was so good, you know? I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, Momo Rand is a Broadway star. He's made one of the biggest Broadway shows of all time. You know, he's now started directing movies. He's done musical scores and all kinds of stuff in Hollywood and in, in Broadway. And why not just, why didn't Steven Spielberg just produce him directing it? <laughs> like, fuck. Right. I mean, I granted, do other people need more opportunities than just Lynn Manuel Miranda? Of course. But I'm just saying, if you really need a name behind directing right. this, fuck it, just do him. Actually, he didn't really direct in the Heights, did he? He just wrote it, which no, maybe it, well, that's why he, he wrote in the Heights. But uh, but he did that that movie on Netflix, that boom boom tick or whatever. Yep, tick tick, tick, tick boom. Yeah, yeah he one. did. You know, that's what I'm saying. Is like, just fuck, do that. You know, like just something anything other than what they actually did with this movie. Because, I mean, to go back to what... Uh, to, to, to carry on the conversation we were having with Justin, uh, this movie, uh, you shouldn't be surprised, is sitting at a 93% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I, I just want to go through some of these negative reviews. The first one I see by Richard Brody of The New Yorker, he says... They've made ill-conceived additions and misguided revisions. In the process, they've managed to subtract doubly from the original. So, I think what Justin was saying earlier eh. missed the point again. Mm. You know, here's another one. Watch Spielberg's West Side Story for the supporting cast and some visually compelling numbers. Return to Robert Wise's 1961 film for the superior iteration. Oh boy. So once again, (laughs) negative reviews just going, it's not the first one. Um, Here's another one. West Side Story isn't terrible, but it doesn't accomplish what it clearly intended to do, landing a big doll on the big screen. 
which now yeah, that can kind of be maybe that's you know the first one that doesn't directly mention the first one let's see this one yeah spielberg shrinks the spiritual aspiration that once made his popular art transcendent first time out west side story functioned as tragedy and cultural triumph second time it's a woke farce so this guy is literally just saying the first movie is a cultural triumph and this one is a woke farce wow yeah, that Virtual guy sounds triumph like a of gig- white people playing wow. gigantic ass hat. Uh, West Side Story puts a new coat of paint on a classic story. So once again, classic. This one's not. So yeah, once again, that's just referencing the first one. Um, <laughs> this one is from uh, by Deborah Ross and the, from the Spectator. It is more authentic. The backstories are more substantial. The singing and dance numbers are bigger. There's a part for Rita Marino, which is neat. But in being more, it is also particularly less so. So therefore, they're saying it's more authentic and bigger and all this other stuff, but still substantially less than the first one. Uh, This is the first Uh one. I have seen that is directly more or less talking what we're talking about. Despite beautiful music and stunning production, I can't help but feel that West Side Story continues to be a problematic story that glamorizes racism and reinforces how people just see all Latinos as interchangeable. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. So how many negative yeah. reviews have we gotten to before it directly comments on anything other than it's not the first one? <laughs> right. I mean, that's an on point comment, though. That's very true. And then there's this one Spielberg's West Side Story is fairly entertaining, fairly decent, but that's about it. Should it have been remade? Question mark. I see no reason at all. Because, yes, there is nothing wrong with the yep. first one. Ugh. Oh, well. <laughs> I was thinking more in the long lines of it's not an interesting enough story to remake, but. <laughs> well, I. I I take it as he's just saying that no, it shouldn't have been remade. It was fine. That's how I'm taking uh, okay. it. Because that's just, I don't okay. know how all these film critics sound. Uh, then there's Spielberg puts a good heart into a tale as old as time. It doesn't always bring the right weapons to a very real battle. It, sh- uh, it wouldn't have been the worst thing for him to sit this one out. All right. I, I can, that's fair. Okay. That one's fair. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, for those simply looking at this film without prior knowledge or love of the other source, source material leaves you pondering why Spielberg and all his resources would choose this remake over all the voiceless stories he could have made. I feel like that one almost agrees with us, but still loves the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with the surgeon's precision, Spielberg has transformed West Side Story into an epic so bloated and unmagical that even its sublime dance scenes can't make it worth seeing. I mean, mm. they get rid of all the theatric, like the the thematic problems we have. I mean, I guess that one's not as bad as just saying it's not the first one. They're looking at it at a filmmaker's perspective, which that's fair, I suppose. If you're, you know, reviewing from that perspective. Handsomely made, but emotionally flat, West Side Story plays like a slick, overproduced cover album. Mm. 
So once again, that references the first one because it's saying it's a cover of the first one. Just fuck, man. So that's what I think was so funny about what you were saying, Justin, that, you know, so many critics are going to love it because, yeah, 93% of them do. And I don't remember the guy's name, but he's the main film critic for WGN, which is, you know, one of uh, Chicago's big uh, stations up here. We used to get WGN down in Midland for everybody growing up Cubs fans in Midland. That's where we watched our Cubs baseball back in the day. And Bozo the Clown. Everybody remembers Bozo. It's because we got WGN down there. (laughs) Um, But... You know, he's the big film critic for them up here and everything, and I saw, I caught his review last Friday. He fucking gave it an A+, and all he was talking about how, you know, it solves all the the racial problems from the first one. You know, the first one's a classic, but this one just fixes the little problems the first one had, and even brought up that Mm. Rita Marino should just win an Academy Award for this one, too. And I'm like, nothing against her performance in this movie no. whatsoever. I, I don't have any problems with her performance in this movie, other than the fact that, I don't know, she's in the movie for, what, four minutes and 15 seconds? Right. And you're just saying, give her yeah, Academy Award again? Yeah, not enough to warrant that. Come on. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I mean, you can give her an award for looking amazing for 90 years old, but dude, she's only in fair. the movie for, like, four minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, it. it the, the review he gave for it kind of sounds like insanely misguided white guilt because <laughs> he loves the first movie but realizes it's racist but he still loves it and he's like well Rita Marino was a Puerto Rican that won an Academy Award for that racist movie so let's say this one fixed all the problems and give her an Academy Award again for a, a not racist movie that's what it feels like he's trying to say <laughs> Yeah. But still, like, fuck, like, that's what's driving me nuts, I think, about this movie. Out of how many reviews, and I didn't go through all the negative reviews, I did read a big chunk of them just now, but I didn't read all of them. But what, we heard, what, two and a half that kind of hit the mark on what really is the problem with this movie? Yeah. And the interesting thing is, I think, um... Last I checked, I think the original West Side Story has the exact same score from critics. Yeah, but back then it was probably like, this movie's about things other than white people, even if white people are playing the roles. I don't want to watch this. I feel like that's a 1961 movie review. Probably. (laughs) I mean, let's just be real. They might not have used those words, but... Let's be real. It was the 1960s. That's what they were thinking. I'll generalize every one of those motherfuckers. I mean, it's just... So many things about this movie, just to me, feel... Even from just a production standpoint with some of these things, it it all feels old hat. It all feels like... Doing the same old things, but you just have some new additions to it just to say you made it fresh and it's not like I'm not just like Heather I am not a huge fan of the Romeo and Juliet story I think it's incredibly just blah and maybe it's because 
for our generation, we've had even more versions of a Romeo and Juliet story than maybe previous generations. They just had Romeo and Juliet. And then, you know, I guess in the 60s, they got West Side Story. But, like, we've had West Side Story. Now, two of those. We've had, what, 97,000 Romeo and Juliet movies made. You know, we've had all of these fucking star-crossed lovers fucking stories. You know, so much so that a, a big popular culture trope nowadays is to have some kid say something like, oh, we're Romeo and Juliet, and the adult correct them by saying, you know, they died in the end, and they go, that's how that story ends? That's a trope nowadays. Mm -hmm. Because of how many fucking times we've heard this fucking story. And I think going to what you were talking about, Heather, and and with, with some of the like the side characters being more interesting than the originals, that goes back to Romeo and Juliet. They are not the most interesting characters in that story at all. Yeah. It is the side characters. They are infinitely more interesting than the mains in that movie or the, that story or any of the movies. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Claire Danes. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. It's just Same. super weird to me. Mainly because they're, like, they're still using iambic pentameter and you know but it's all completely modern and stuff like that but when you look at that, that movie what's his name? Uh, it was John Leguizamo and uh, who played Mercutio? Uh, um I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Oh, it's Harold something. Paranew. Harold Paranew. But they were infinitely more interesting than fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Like, those characters are fun. They're dynamic. They're interesting. They've got depth to them. Hmm. And it's the same in this. The more interesting characters are infinitely not the mains. Tony and Marie, Maria are boring as fuck characters that make the weirdest decisions. Yep. Now, I know we'll always have these storylines of these people that they, they see each other, they fall in love. It's till death do we part love from the get-go. Whatever. We're going to always get those. No matter how dumb that is, we're going to constantly get those. But, like, I don't know if this is the case in the original movie or in the play or anything like that. Maybe a Cinefan out there who knows those stories better than me can maybe comment or tweet at us or something and and, and explain this to me. But did anybody else find it weird that when Tony went to, to Maria's after killing her brother and goes... I killed your brother after she goes, did you kill my brother? And he, she, he's like, yeah, I killed your brother. And she's all mad at him. And he's like, I'm going to go turn myself in. And she goes, no. And then they just fuck. I know it's an off camera. <laughs> yeah, it's odd, but they fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, yeah, that not weird. the weirdest time to fuck? I'm just saying. Yeah. She's, 
she's mad at him for like 15 seconds. You know, she's hitting on him. No, no, no. Brother being dead. Yeah. And this is your brother. This is a guy that you met, what, a day, two days ago? Or how much? It was a day. It was literally, I think, technically in the timeline, the whole movie, I think 18 hours passes for the whole movie. Or not the whole movie. I think technically when we see the fight at the beginning of the movie, I think it might be around 20 something hours total or whatever. Or no, it's going to be 24. We'll put that thin. I guess it'd be about 30 hours passes from the beginning to when Tony dies. About 30 hours, give or take. Yeah, that's exactly one of my problems with the movie. Yeah. Uh, that was just so unbelievable to me that she would just do that after her brother died. I mean, how could you even, I mean, how could the sex even be like enjoyable? How could you even concentrate on that when it's the person that killed your brother? (laughs) How could you even enjoy that? To be fair, there are, there, there is some scientific evidence that uh, sexual arousal and, and and sadness do affect slightly the same parts of the brain. You know, it's kind of like the whole principle in Wedding Crashers when the guy had up, uh, like moved on to funeral crashing type of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are like... Mm sad and and mourning they vulnerable yeah they're vulnerable and they want to to like escape that feeling no matter what and so Mm. you might do something like that i kind of get that aspect of it but it's just the way it whole plays out of did you kill my brother yes i killed your brother i hate you i'll go turn myself in no don't leave me let's fuck that's just weird Right. Yeah. That's just, it was such a quick turnaround. Like, and I mean, hella quick. We're talking seconds quick, like a minute or two quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it would make sense if he's like, no, I need to do this. And she's like, no, you can't leave me alone like this. Like, I know in your heart you didn't mean, like, have something like toward they have an emotional connection in that scene. And, something even to the degree of her saying like no i can't feel like this anymore like i have like something and i know they didn't show the sex scene or anything like that but when they both wake up in bed topless that's what it means yeah you know what i mean like there's only one thing that they're alluding to that happened and like i said i don't know if the original story did that i don't think it would because it was the 1960s so i think that that's what makes that scene an even weirder choice to go, you know what? We're modernizing it. They fuck now. And they choose that scene to do it. Right. Like, it's just weird. Well, yeah. I mean, and even just that whole progression of that, and j- because Anita's reaction as well is like, real quick, she's super mad and she's like, you should not be with this guy who killed your brother slash my husband. And then she's like, but I love him, you know, in a song. And she's like, all right, I get it. <laughs> like her emotional response to it was also just really a quick turnaround. Yeah, 
it was, you know, and like just so many things about this feel like it just made it feel like they had weird choices with this stuff that like, why are you updating it in that way or having it be that way? Like one thing I thought was weird is that I don't remember who's who the jets were the white kids, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Why at the beginning of the movie did they were they so bound and determined to go deface that mural when like it wasn't a new mural and that was just odd to me like th- like cinematically <laughs> speaking it's it was obvious that that mural had been there for years because of the way they depicted it as faded and like some of the paint was missing. It was obvious that it wasn't a new one. And they went, you know what? That's been up there for three years now. I'm tired of it. Let's go to face <laughs> yeah. it now. And also, what kind of paint defacing were they doing? They were the most inefficient vandalizers I have ever seen. They were covered in paint and got barely any on the mural. <laughs> right. Like, they're just like dipping their fingers in the paint and rubbing it. And they're like, yeah, we're getting them. What, what, what? Just throw the whole fucking can of paint. <laughs> like, that was a weird choice to me. Because, like, I'm watching this and I'm like, wait, what are they doing? Like, five-year-olds can vandalize better than this. And it just was weird to me that they made the conscious decision in this movie to have that be the way they filmed it. And it was weird. And so to me, like there's that that's also like a lot of my problem with this movie. And some of the scenes were just weird with how they did it. Like, I appreciate that the background characters in this movie, they went out of their way to add diversity to it, because it would have been New York in the sixties, regardless of any racial tensions or anything like that. It was still New York, so still diverse. But it's just very weird when you have these Characters that are, for you know, no matter how you want to slice it, racists. But then you would have like a black couple walking down the street, and they would like stop and be like, "Oh, how do you do?" Because we hate <laughs> only the Puerto Ricans right now. Yeah, so right. that was weird. Like it made no sense to me. Like it's like they went through like like they had a calendar of racism. Where, like, every three months, who you're racist towards changes. You know, like, they were racist towards the Egyptians, <laughs> and now they're only racist towards Puerto Ricans. And it's weird. Now, I will say this. One thing about this movie that I did insanely appreciate was the scene after the vandalism and the scuffle, and right before the cops get there to talk to them, or, I don't know, around that time anyway, and they're talking, and there was confusion amongst the kids' parts on whether or not Puerto Ricans were Americans. And I did actually appreciate that, just for the sheer fact that there's a lot of Americans nowadays, 50 years later, that still don't understand that Puerto Ricans are American citizens. 
that it is a territory yeah. of the United States. Yeah. Therefore, while they are born in Puerto Rico and they are Puerto Ricans and they have their own government, they are all American citizens. They technically can vote in presidential elections. Doesn't really mean anything because, you know, we're still terrible and have racist ideologies and imperialistic ideologies towards our territories, just like American Samoa. But they are all American citizens. Like, indubitably so. Like, they can just come to America like they're fucking going out of state. Because that's essentially what it is. Which is why it's disingenuous to kind of lump them all together as characters and then portray it as if they all feel the same and have exactly. the same views about it. Which is the fundamental problem with this movie. Like, even though you're updating the characters and you got Puerto, Puerto Rican actors and actresses and different things like that, and even though you're saying things like that, like like you're talking about that Jets conversation and one of them going, well, isn't Puerto Rico part of America? And then one of them just dismisses it and goes, well, I still want to be racist, so shut up about that. And that's kind of <laughs> it. And even though it's them, like throwing things like that in there and thinking, see, look, we are saying things about this, but you know, but, but when it gets to the Puerto Rican characters, why do they all feel the same? Why are they all just kind of lumped as if this is their view? This is how they feel. And that's it, you know, and that's why you need it. Like, like we've all been saying, that's why you needed like a Lin Manuel or you needed somebody who could convey that message from their perspective is what you really needed. But the way that this story works out and by nature of what it is, they just all have to have this one central view because we're lumping them together and saying, this is who they are. And that in and of itself is, is, is stereotyping, you know? And I don't even think that somebody like Spielberg or somebody like that, they wouldn't realize those things unless you had a Puerto Rican telling them those things. You know what I mean? Or pointing that out to them or somebody who's just got uh, a, a knowledge of those kinds of things, you know? Yeah, I mean, you'd be able to like you know, parse out some of the ridiculous bullshit that they threw in there for a lot of that stuff. I mean, you know, as much as they were like, oh, we're going to be, you know, cheeky about this, or, you know, we're going to make a subtle nod to this here. You know, sometimes you don't need uh, to be subtle with some of it. You can just be forthright and really kind of just hit it with it. I mean, when if you really wanted to do something like that, I mean, this movie right here, you could have done so much stuff with it by having somebody that's Puerto Rican in this movie. I mean, Benicio Del Toro could have directed this. I'm not saying he's a director or anything, but fuck. Jimmy Smith. Yeah. I bet Jimmy Smith could have done a good job with this movie. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I mean, even somebody like Rosario Dawson, while she's not fully Puerto Rican, that's something. It's still not white-ass fucking Steven Spielberg. 
You know, fuck J-Lo. J-Lo could have done it. I'm not saying it would have looked the same, <laughs> but I just, I think anybody else could have just made a more authentic movie with this stuff and it not been the, the bullshit they did, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, and while they did some, like, they did do some nice things in this movie. I don't want to take that down. Like, they did essentially have a trans character in this movie. And I thought that that was really yeah. cool. But then at the same yeah, time, it's like, that was cool. it's cool, but still surrounded by bullshit. Like, so you're just like, fuck, man. Like, every time they kind of did something cool that kind of was new and better, it just surrounded by bullshit. You know, like, fuck. You know, it just, it ate away at me with like that stuff. Like I said, it was super cool that they had background diversity in their movie and stuff like that. And just kind of made it like a part of just like, this is just how it is. Diverse. Cool. But then they juxtapose it over a weird racist story. And so it's just weird like that. And it kind of makes the characters even weirder about it. You know? It'd make more sense to me that these, like, the Jets were just racists. Just across the board. Racist to everybody. Instead of it just being a a weird thing where they're like, nope. We've we stopped being racist to all these other groups of people because we beat them up. So now we're only racist to the Puerto Ricans here. And that's it. And I get that that's what the story is. West Side Story is specifically about these white kids being racist towards the Puerto Ricans. I get that. But it's still weird seeing it like that. Like, it just, like, cinematically doesn't make sense. You know? And it's just, that's part of the problem when you're trying to adapt old shit like that. It's also part of the problem when you're Adapting the old shit like that, and you want to keep to the what you consider the magic behind it. You know? Like, that's the thing is when Steven Spielberg's talking about these things and like talking about how he made this with the idea of that this is for Puerto Ricans. And I just look at this movie and I'm like, how? I mean, I get, and I, and I had zero problems with those scenes where it was in Spanish and there were no subtitles. And especially because I didn't even know why they were doing that at the time. So now knowing his logic behind it, by he wanted it to be in Spanish because, you know, they don't put English subtitles on it for the English parts. So why would you put subtitles for the Spanish parts or, you know, and all that stuff? I'm completely fine with that. Because I think the tail, like the telltale sign of sometimes a good filmmaker or a good storyteller or good acting or anything like that is when you can have stuff be in another language and whether or not you can still contextually get what's going on based on the acting and the storytelling and everything else, even though you don't know the exact words that are being said. Case in point, we talked a lot uh, last week with Encanto about the same type of stuff. 
There's an entire song mm-hmm. at the climax of the movie in Spanish. And you don't skip a beat. Which, by the way, I found out that uh, they actually have an English version of that song on the soundtrack. That they actually recorded it both ways. Nice. But oh, cool. they, they specifically chose the Spanish version for the movie. Which is spectacular. So, I'm just throwing that out there. If you ever actually want to like listen to the words in English and like understand specifically what's going on, there is an English version of that song. But like I said, they intentionally went the Spanish version works the best and I and I've listened to it in English. Now I haven't seen it in English in the context of the movie. But listening into English, it's still a beautiful song. I just don't think it would have worked as well as the Spanish version did. Mhm. Just because of how well they made that movie. And then you get into this, and I had zero problem with the the elements of this movie when they were in Spanish because you know what? The acting isn't terrible in this movie. So you can still get across a lot lot of what you need from it, even if you don't speak Spanish. And that's fine. But like, it kind of just in the end feels like, like lip service. Because, I mean, how cool would it have been if, like, Steven Spielberg went to Puerto Rico and was like, hey, who's the best director here? And, like, Puerto Rico was like, hey, it's this guy or this girl or whoever. And, like, and he went, cool. Are you interested in directing a remake of West Side Story? But I want you to make it truly authentic with the Puerto Rican experience and all this other stuff. And I'm going to produce that movie for you. Fuck, would that not have been the coolest story you heard? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would have been tight. Exactly. You know? Like, it would have just been such a cool fucking thing to have somebody like Steven Spielberg go, you know what? I loved this movie when I was growing up. Because that was apparently part of it. He Growing up, like, his mom had, like, the cast album of West Side Story from the Broadway play, I believe. And he listened to it all the time and stuff like that. And he just loved this story and loved the movie and like all this stuff. But then like now realizes it's problematic. And so like he wanted to like bring like what he felt with it to a newer audience and all this other stuff, but he wanted to to do it the right way, but still just couldn't uninsert himself from it. (laughs) Like get the fuck out of there then man. Like, yeah, I mean, it really goes to that whole adage of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, like, Steven Spielberg is leading us to hell. I'm just saying that it's still very apt. You know, you can have the best intentions of the world and still fuck everything up hardcore with it. And have weird peacock dancing in the middle of the thing. See, that's what I'm saying. There's so many problems with this movie, and then a bunch of weird shit. Just weird shit. Anyway, when do you two go? <laughs> I mean, I I would just say also, like, I did appreciate the when when you were talking about how they were, um you know, they were speaking in Spanish and you you didn't need to know necessarily what was being said or whatever. And it was still effective. And I do, I I do agree because they also made such a point in this movie of like, 
trying to get the characters who are from Puerto Rico to speak English on a more normal basis. And, you know, Anita said it all the time. She's like, in English, in English, say it in English. Like, we have to practice. And I feel like that was also probably very true to that time of like, hey, we're in America now. Like, we need to prove that, like, you know, we should be here in a sense or, you know. So I I did appreciate that aspect that they put into that. I don't know if that was something in the original or not. But I do like that they put that in this movie because I feel like that would have been very true to Puerto Rican families in America at that time, you know, of like, you know, let's let's practice our English so that, you know, it basically to make it less difficult for ourselves when, you know, the Americans come at us and try to say, oh, you don't speak English or whatever. You know, I feel like that's probably a very real thing that happened, you know, um, it still happens today, sadly. So. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I do agree, Sterling, that I do think the acting was actually fairly good. Um, again, just kind of based on what you could do with the performances, given the lacking movie as a whole, like there are some characters that kind of elevated what they did or elevated the movie a little bit because of what they did. Um, you know, like I said, Anita, she was great. She was a very standout person in this movie and very, you know, she's that confident, strong, strong-willed, like, you know, headstrong person that's trying to keep everything together. And, um, you know, she's just got this really confident personality and she's an amazing dancer and she just really kind of lights up any scene that she's in. And um, Riff, I think, was... Like, I I think there was just something really cool about how he did his, like, I'm a broken person and I've had clearly a lot of hard things happen in my life, you know, but still kind of like the the cool, confident, tough guy type of thing. And I think that as much as I liked his performance, though, I do think that the whole, the scene with him and um, Tony fighting, um, you know, that cool boy song or whatever it was i was like that was a weird scene in general so i guess all that to say i do think there are some numbers in this that are a little unnecessary (laughs) like that one i get that they were developing the whole idea of like there's this tension and this you know riff between the two guys um you know that used to be best friends but I just feel like that scene didn't really effectively tell that story the way it could have. Um, therefore, for me, it felt like an unnecessary number that they put in. Um, also, the scene when all of the jets are at the courthouse. I think it was the courthouse, right? And they're just all kind of... Or well, the, it was the police maybe station. Just the police station. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm sorry. They were just pretending there was a judge they were talking to. Um at the police station, you know, that whole scene too, I felt like was really unnecessary. It was like seven minutes of your life that you could have gotten back or seven minutes of a story of a something that mattered more in the actual story happening. Like I get that they're trying to show that all of these guys are coming from these terrible situations or saying like, you know what, if they try to blame us or get us in trouble, we're just going to make up these things so that we could get out of it. Like, I get what they were doing with the scene, 
But in comparison with everything else that was going on, I really just feel like it was an unnecessary number in the movie and unnecessary scene, really. Like, you could have made that really short or concise, and you could have spent that seven minutes developing more the story of Maria and Tony, because I feel like that was super lacking. Like, I do agree about the whole we're going to have those stories where it's like oh love at first sight and just hardcore fallen in love do anything for you type of relationship thing that's always going to be a story that's told but i just think they particularly messed it up in this one because we're we're made to believe that like they do an awkward mating ritual dance together <laughs> and say a few words to each other, very surface level stuff. And they're suddenly just completely in love to where they want to run away together. They want to already get married. She's okay. If he kills her brother and like, (laughs) just such an extreme, like it feels more like it was, um, you know, lust than love or passion than love. And it just, if we're supposed to care about the storyline and care about these two people being together, I need more to go off of than just those few conversations that were mostly very surface level for me to feel like, Oh, okay, I should care about this. And that's why these supporting characters were so much more interesting. Like you get that sense of Anita and Bernardo's story and their relationship. And you feel like that's a, strong solid founded relationship based off of something because of their chemistry and sort of the way that story was told like you know and you even with uh, Rita Moreno's character Valentina the sense of her with her husband who was Doc uh, who's supposed to be Doc from the original but um you know that even that sense of like what their love story was just these stories that you care more about them than you do Maria and Tony, and those are the ones you're supposed to care about. And for me, I just I wasn't I wasn't on board with it because I feel like they tried to rush their storyline. And when you rush it like that and you're just making these points of let's go hang out on our first date. And you know what? That same time I'm gonna tell you that I love you and that we should get married and run away together. Like I just I I don't relate to those stories i guess or i don't it's hard for me to invest in those types of stories and don't get me wrong i know people who you know one of my best friends in high school she got engaged to her husband now on their very first date and they've been married for like 12 years like things happen you know what i mean like there's cool things that happen like that but just the way that they tell the story in this is just so like it goes from one extreme, it goes from zero to 60 and there's like no in between where you feel like the chemistry building or the relationship building or their love for each other growing or anything like that, you know, and it's based off of these very basic conversations that they had twice, <laughs> you know, and I just, it, it was just really hard for me to get on board with Maria and Tony and their love story and it also just ends very abruptly. Like at the very end of it, you know, Tony gets shot and, um, and he dies and there's this big dramatic scene where Maria just gives this speech about like, 
you know, now I know what it is to hate and things like that, which probably would have been a very moving thing. But I think it's sort of similar to what we talked about with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, where it's like a stage play, right? And trying to make it into a movie slash a musical. Maybe it just doesn't translate well the characters and and their relationships with with each other, because I feel like that also was so rushed where it's like, again, 18 hours is what this was supposed to be. (laughs) And like in 18 hours you meet, you fall in love, you want to run away, you murder her family, then you get murdered and just such craziness all within a day. And I just don't, I don't know. I just, I, I'm I'm not buying it. There are some stories where you can buy that, you know, and they they make it more believable. But this just didn't do that for me. Um, it was just, yeah, it felt too rushed and too, like, they they were trying too hard to make you care about these two main people. And you just, you, you don't. <laughs> like, they just, they missed the mark on that for me. And that was my biggest problem with it. And again, like we were saying with, like, you know, Tony kills Bernardo and Maria's fine. (laughs) She's just like, I can't believe that you did that. But you know what? Just love me anyway. And like, let's still just run away together. And it's not, I mean, if if she had a bad relationship with her brother, that would be one thing, but she felt, it felt like she was close to him, you know, like they were a close family and they loved each other and, you know, whatever. So it was like that quick one minute of I'm upset and sad and now it's all okay and it doesn't even matter. Like, what is that? (laughs) I just, I need more believability in the emotional range and the, I guess, timeframes in which they have these emotions for me to care about them. And that was my hugest problem with this movie. So yeah, it just, it just didn't, it didn't work. And, you know, the, um, the scene, I do think that probably one of the best scenes of the, of the film was the, uh, when they're doing the America song and they're all dancing in the street. Um, that was beautiful. Like that was a beautiful scene. You know, they have this, these great dance numbers, these beautiful costumes. And that was a really standout moment of the movie. It probably was the best song and dance number in the entire thing. Um, you know, and like there's the, as far as storyline, the scene where Anita goes to the store to try to pass on that message that Maria wanted to send, like that could have been a really, like it, it was probably the most like surreal, intense moment emotionally that you get in the movie. And it was like, they were right there with it. Like they had it. They, they clearly know how to do it and put that in these movies, but they just, that was the extent of it. And like, that was the most emotionally um, intense thing that you get from a character in this whole movie. And rightfully so it's a very intense moment. And then it just is like, you know, you see Anita's very angry. She gets mad she decides she's not going to help Maria out because she's mad at Tony and you know, that's fair. And she's mad at all these other people in Tony's gang that are essentially trying to rape her, you know, and just she's, she's done. She's done with it. 
that is a character that I understand more than, but we're in love, so all these other things don't matter. <laughs> you know, I, I understand that character more. I relate to that more. I care more about that because she's a human. <laughs> she's an actual human being with real human emotions that you see on the screen. Um, so that was their biggest miss in this entire thing. Um, so yeah, that, that was really my biggest problems. I, and again, with the singing, like, um, I think her name is Rebecca Zegler, the, the girl who plays Maria, beautiful voice. I mean, it's very pretty. It's just not my style. So when she was singing, I was either kind of bored because her songs were kind of boring or maybe the way she was singing them was kind of boring. Um, but Ansel Elgort, who plays Tony, I think he has a fantastic voice and I think he maybe should have had, you know, more moments of singing than he did. I mean, he had a few numbers, but you know, just utilize these beautiful voices that you have a little bit more as well. Um, so yeah, I think overall that's, that's my biggest takeaways and it's not to say it's a terrible movie. It's just, it's a very lacking movie, which just makes it very bland. And if they could fix those um, story elements that they missed out on, it would have been better. Like, if you're going to remake this movie, make those elements better. You know what I mean? And I just feel like the things that they should have focused on trying to fix with the story is actually not the things they tried to fix. So, yeah, that's what I got. What about you, Justin? Well, yeah, and 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 so, and definitely a lot of those things that both of you talked about, uh, I I do agree with. Like it, it just sucks because, like, when you look at some of the dance numbers and like some of the 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 shots that they were able to get with, that Spielberg was able to get with this there are a lot of things that he envisioned are very good uh one scene that i really liked was when they uh went to that dance that 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 public dance yeah. that everybody had that to me was another really good scene the back and forth with them uh going in different lines and then there was almost like this competition happening with the opposing sides and like all the partner spinning and dancing and then going up to that side and then that then then the jet side like them revving up and then spinning in and moving uh the you know, and then moving the other side back and then they would do their number and stuff like that. I really liked that scene. I thought that that was very well done. And that was probably one of my favorite, like as far as just the dance choreography, that was probably one of my favorite scenes of that. But just like you guys have been saying that the way that Tony and Maria meet, that was awkward. And just the way the music was and everything like that, if anything kind of needed to be updated, uh, that did. And I saw a little clip of the the 1961 version and the dance with their arms out and the kind of the that that little kind of slow sort of curious beat to it was similar to what happened in 1961 or maybe it was like a lot of it was the same but I think that that definitely needed to be updated. There needed to be a better way 
for that to come across or them to meet each other and everything like that like because that was weird and like i said there were people watching this in the theater with me and they laughed during that part so whatever they thought and i don't know if maybe that was the aim was for it to be kind of funny but i didn't get the sense of that it seemed like they were going more for the curiosity of meeting someone and they were infatuated with the, with each other but there's that hesitance because oh she's puerto rican and oh he's a gringo and so there was kind of that and i think that's what they were going for but i don't know if they really hit those notes because it winds up just kind of being laughable and i'm not sure if that's what they were going for there uh and and some of the other scenes that you were talking about, Heather, I just feel were some of these scenes were missed opportunities to say something new about some of these subjects. Like when Tony was like, you know, I'm going to go talk to the Jets and see if I can convince them to not do this fight. And so that song number, that Be Cool Boy, where they're going back and forth and there's this gun and everything like that. Uh, it, it was cool visually speaking, but I think that that was a missed opportunity. Like, why didn't Tony bring up the their racism? And maybe if there had just been these characters asking this question of why are we like this? Like, why do we not like them? You know, let's really dig into it. You know, why are we this way? Why do we feel that they have wronged us in any way? Why are we, why do we not refuse to give them a chance? And even if there was a conversation there, and even if it was just um, the Jets confirming their racism or saying we're this way because it's always been this way or something, you know, I just wish that Spielberg and you know had more to say about this about why they feel that way and everything like that and maybe tony bringing a different view to that well i was the i thought the same things you thought too until i met one and actually cared for one and actually got to know one and everything like that though you kind of couldn't have it because i mean that this was a love at first sight kind of quick infatuation but at least have that opposing view and see what the what some of the jets members what they would have said to that you know i think there was a chance to have something like that in there but we missed it you know we didn't really have that in there and i thought for sure when the jets were at the police station I was waiting on one of them to say, we're going to get off on this because we're white. I mean, this is the way it's always been. Like, this is the police system. And we know that even if we do something, this system favors us. Why wasn't that in there in that scene? Like, they talked about the fact that they could make up these lies and they could plead insanity and say, oh, we had a terrible upbringing and we're going to get off. But I wish, and maybe that's a little bit of it. They talked about kind of some of that privilege 
privilege to an extent, but I wish that, and see, this is why I think with just another director, a Puerto Rican director would have went all in on that part. And they would have just basically, and they would have basically talked about how this judicial system favors them. And even if we get in trouble, we won't get in as much trouble because this system, you know, has always showed us favoritism. How many times have we jets done things and been in trouble and uh and got out of it remember the with the egyptians yeah we could have stood court on that but i mean obviously in the investigations the whole point was to jail those guys and not us you know i think there was a chance to really say something about the racism in the in the police system, there was a chance to say something about the inherent racism or like how complicit they were with racism, maybe because their fathers and mothers and grandfathers were that way. You know, I think there were opportunities with this to really say something more about these feelings and why we don't, why do certain people feel this way about immigrants and all of these things, all of these things that are still pertinent subjects today and like i heard spielberg even say that to someone that like the reason why west story is timeless and it's so relevant is because a lot of these issues are prevalent issues today and this is sort of a tragedy to show that when you have all this hate it can only lead to one thing and that's death and i just wish that and yes, you know, the in the tragedy of what happens, maybe that comes across to most people. But why not really go in strong and talk about all these other elements of that systemic racism? Because you had a chance to do it in this movie, and I feel like you missed a ton of opportunities with that. Uh yeah, and just back to like just some of the musical numbers and everything like that. I also liked that um America musical number. And, and and you know, just like again, you know, just missed opportunities to really show these different point of views or how a Puerto Rican now being a part of the US, what is that like? How is that different from somebody who's from the motherland, so to speak, and stuff like that? And just is more about just staying there versus coming here. You know, I wish that they had just dived a little more into those diverse views rather than just kind of lumping and maybe they thought they had it a little bit with Anita and um and uh Bernardo just how sometimes they would sort of clash on those views but ultimately it never felt like there was anything definitive said or that the movie was taking a certain side or that the movie was trying to say look these views exist and they're both equally important it was just kind of like the characters argued and then in the next scene they're dancing together and we just forgotten about all that that's what it felt like like it it never felt like the film tried to say anything definitive about those issues or it just wasn't interested in it because you know we just got to get these Puerto Rican characters to this scene or to this these happenings and everything like that and uh to kind of piggyback off of what um 
that 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 Puerto Rican ladies, uh, that Puerto Rican writers review was about this. I, I get some of the th- things that she said, and I should have got her name. I apologize for that, but um, but but one of the things she said in the article was that it just paints them as more of the antagonist in this, or at least she felt that way. Kind of like what you were saying, Sterling, was one of the things she pointed out where, you know, Tony kills Bernardo, and then there's just this whole thing of him kind of becoming this sympathetic character. He's hidden by... um by um another Puerto Rican character, you know what I mean? So a Valentino or Rita Moreno in this, which it was cool that she got to do a full circle thing, having been in the old one and now in this one. But to this writer's point, you know, he kills Tony kills Bernardo and then is hidden and kind of looked at as as a sympathetic figure to her. And then on top of that, he doesn't really get any kind of, you know, and then when he faces, um, of course, we talked about what happens when he faces Maria and Maria just kind of immediately forgiving him and everything. And then, of course, it's implied that they slept together like moments after he admitted this to her. So it never really felt like that character was was meant to be looked at as somebody who was bad or was a problem or anything like that. It was almost as if it was kind of it was sort of angled in a way to where they were a little more sympathetic. And then at the end, you know, it's um it's um oh my gosh, what was um the one that they tried to get her to date, Chino. Um yeah, in the end, you know, when Chino shoots him and everything it it's chino that looks like he's going to jail so the only person we see apprehended by police and seemingly going to jail is chino another puerto rican character so see there are just kind of these instances and then like even in that scene with anita where she goes into the store and everything and there's the almost rape situation it doesn't happen though. And then after that, you know, uh, Rita is, is given that monologue to them about what have you become? Look at you. I've seen you grow up on these streets and now look at you. You become this, you become that. And it was almost like the jets going, Oh man, you know, maybe she's right. It even felt like they were kind of learning lessons, but you didn't feel like on the Puerto Rican side, that was anything that sort of happened. Like, like you didn't, they just didn't get moments like that, like the Jets did. So even though this story has been updated, it still felt like it was more pro racism, imperialism, and just some of those things with this because of the, the way they angled certain characters and then the resolutions at the end. And, you know, maybe there could have been a better way you could have added a scene or something to kind of tie this all together at the end. It felt abrupt to me, too, the way that Tony was shot. And then you've got... um you know, instead of Maria going with her own people, she's more concerned with him and laying there with him. And then, you know, you've got, and then the cops come, they seem to arrest Chino and that's kind of it. And then, you know, they, they, they carry, um, Tony's body together, you know, uh, um, 
so the 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 jets and then and, and the rest of the puerto rican crew they kind of carry the body together but even then it was just kind of like i don't know man something about that needed just more needed to be said i feel more chances needed to be taken and 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 if there was something and if you felt like something was really trying to be said about all this i just think it would have hit me at the end a little bit better and a little bit stronger than it did but as a result like y'all were kind of saying maybe it was more about spielberg just going well i love this and i want to remake it but i don't want to change it too much and take away from the original instead if the mindset was the original was crap you know it should have been better it wasn't a proper representation so i'm gonna make a west side story all right but man this one is gonna have something to say this one is gonna have representation but we're gonna do it from their from a puerto rican perspective we're gonna have that in there we're gonna have the differing views of different puerto ricans in the united States and all that's going to be in there. We're going to attack some of these racist views. We're going to talk about how those things continue to be perpetuated and stuff like that. We're going to talk about that in the legal system. We're going to bring all of this full circle and it's all going to tie into why these people can't be together. You know, it's because of this kind of dark tradition that's in America and that is ultimately why they could never succeed you know if there was something about that in this you know I just think that this could have been so much stronger and it had a lot of material but uh, that that was there but because we weren't afraid to jump those hurdles because or because we were too afraid to jump those hurdles because we were not brave enough to really attack a lot of the issues and, and the and sort of the things that the old movie kind of perpetuates and the attitudes that it perpetuates because we weren't willing to attack some of those things fully ultimately this just does not hit as strong as I believe Spielberg thought it did at the end you know I think this movie kind of goes back in a lot of ways like the way Spielberg was with this movie Kind of how to where we were within the heights. That like, we're like, oh, fuck, great. It's, you know, got all this diversity and all this shit. And like, we, you know, and then we find out the problems with it. Whereas like with Spielberg with, with this, he's like, yeah, I fixed all the problems with it. And then like, we really look at it and it didn't really fix much. Like, he fixed some aspects of it. Don't get me wrong. He did do some things. He did fix some of the issues, especially with the original. Unfortunately, some of the more systemic issues in it, he kind of just left because he just didn't know any better. and didn't mm-hmm. care to know any better. Yeah. Like... And that's and that was one thing too, Justin. You were you're absolutely right. The end of this movie is also it's once again fucking weird. Like they're fucking killing each other, and then at the end of this movie, because Tony dies and he loved a Puerto Rican girl, everybody's like, "Man, this racism's over now. Let's pick up this guy and walk out of here." 
the yeah. fuck was in this? What, what was that? Like, why wouldn't the two deaths on both of your sides, I don't know, an hour earlier, in real time it would have been like an hour earlier, or like in movie time, I get, you know, whatever. But like, why didn't that, like, you know, inspire you to stop this crazy war? <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Weren't you closer to... I mean, uh, yeah, and that's just so true. Weren't you closer to Riff than you were to Tony at that point? Because Tony had been in the pen and everything like that. So weren't they closer to Riff? Why did that have more of an emotional impact on them? Well, why did both of their essentially respective leaders dying do less for them than just one random guy that loved a woman? Right. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. You know, and that's also minutes, just minutes after they attempted to rape a woman just because she was Puerto Rican. Just minutes. Like, what the fuck is this movie doing? Like, I (laughs) get that that's the original story. Whatever, I get that. But did nobody watch that and go, huh, maybe we don't keep that part. Yeah, we we changing that shit. You would think at the very least you'd go, okay, we got to change that shit. And they probably thought they did because, you know, there's this part where Anita kind of, uh, you know, speaks Spanish and she says something about Puerto Rico and being proud of that and stuff like that. And I get they maybe they just thought that was enough. Yeah, we'll just have her say that and, you know, look wrong in that moment over them and then we'll have a neat um um yeah then we'll have um rita's character say some things to him and that'll get it across but it didn't like you just needed to change how that went down completely probably or what is a stronger way to get this message uh, to have this what's a way to have this happen but it be more meaningful and not just be so so yeah like but the way it comes off is yep they almost raped her and then they get to go outside and be sympathetic and, and they get to learn the error uh, of their ways yeah. Right. You know who doesn't typically learn the error of their ways like that? Like that quickly? Rapists. Rapists, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. You know, like, it's just, and that's no, such a that's weird thing. that's very true. I and, and, and granted, I haven't seen the original, whatever, I don't know. But I also feel like that those, like, those two white women that were in that scene, too, they were like, no, don't rape her. I kind of feel like that's just added for this movie to be like, see, even the white women don't want her to get raped. It, it is added for this one that see? wasn't in the original. Was the whole, wait is the wow. whole is the whole rape scene added? It, it is. It's not as um, you know, like they, they do it in a different way where it's a little bit yeah, it's a little bit more reserved in a sense, if you will. But yeah, it's there. Yeah, so then it kind of just comes across as like, see, white people don't want them to get raped either. We're helping. Like, that's just what it feels like. You know, like, and, the, and 
Yeah. I'm not saying that they went out their way to do that part, but it just kind of feels like, you know, in all these movies where there's like racism or something like that, how there's just the one character that is a shitty character, but they're like, but I'm not a, like a rapist though. Um, like Sam Rockwell's character in three billboards where he's a terrible racist and misogynist and all these other things. But he's like, but I'm not a rapist. Let's go kill the rapists. Like it's, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it's a weird distinction they have to make. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, it's it's just one of those things, like, you know, they made that joke in the movie Head of State, and it's kind of like a political thing where, you know, Chris Rock's character didn't go to a, you know, a anti-cancer rally or whatever. So they were like, is he pro-cancer? It's like in these movies to in a failed attempt to show how, if you will, like for lack of a better term, like woke they are, they have to actively say something to show that they're Mm -hmm. not that character. Like, you know, like, Oh, rape is bad. Like, do you have to say that out loud? Like, I don't know. I thought that was an understood thing that shitty people are the ones that rape. You know, like, do we have to consciously right. actively say that thing? Yeah. Like, I don't feel the need to walk around and say I'm not racist, you know, to prove that I'm not. I kind of just try to, you know, show it in my actions and the way I live my life. You know, I try to show yeah. I'm not a racist. Instead of just going out of my way to be like, no, no, I'm not racist, guys. Right. I want you to know that I've said it. I'm I'm also not a rapist. So let's say that I want everybody to know. Yeah. Like, what, do you have to? Why do you have to go their way to do that? It, once yeah, again, it, it's it like my favorite word for this movie: weird. Yeah, it is an interesting choice because, yeah, like why that scene? Like the original plays that attack scene more as like they're for a lot of it. They're like basically uh pushing her around and like basically making it seem like she's a like a bull like at a matador thing you know and like that kind of thing and then they you know push her to the ground and they do all that stuff but yeah there's no other women at all in that scene um minus the tomboy girl who's part of the gang but there's literally no other women in it so it's like it's an interesting choice like why add that and what yeah what was what was the reason for that you know oh so ooh is it kind of weird that maybe the 1960s movie got that scene more right because i could honestly realistically see somebody wanting like since they didn't physically like beat her but like they did physically intimidate her is I, that's my understanding of more or less what you're talking about. They were just physically intimidating her and using yeah. force, but it's not like they were like punching her down on the ground. Right. So I could see a scene where, or something where they do something like that. And then afterwards be like, Whoa, like we took it too far. Like, you know, that's a more realistic turn. And my, to me, than going, Oh, Weez was going to full-on rape her. 
glad we mm-hmm. learned our lessons now mm-hmm. and didn't. Yeah. Like, does that make yeah. sense? You know, yeah. like, no, I get what you're saying. In the heat of the moment, pushing somebody around and maybe like saying names and stuff like that versus in the heat of the moment of like, oh, I'm just so mad I'm going to rape. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they do at the, at the end, like, you know, they're, they're pushing her around and they're intimidating her, but they do that whole thing where, you know, she falls to the ground and then there's like a pile up situation, but you don't, I, I, at least from the clip I saw, you don't really see any, what's happening or anything. You just see like a pile up kind of like they do in this movie. No, okay. That's just 1961 movie rape is all that is then. Okay. So they were going to rape her in that too, I guess. That's just how they would show it in the 60s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't do it better. It's just poorly written either way. Got it. Glad we... But I get what you were saying, though, about, like, the progression of that, you know, like, if it was... Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying about that in general, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just such a weird dynamic with some of that stuff. I mean... It's very much just like in a movie where they're like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how to explain this, but like, it's like in a, if you're in a group of people, like say, you know, it'd be like in a scene if in a movie where it's like a Black Lives Matter rally or something like that. And like a KKK chick walks up and like saying racist shit. And it's like, they're like, you know what? I am so mad at her for being racist. I'm going to rape her. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Like that that's the, the, yeah. the, the, the mob mentality or whatever they're choosing for it. You know? Yeah. Like that's and, the retaliation for it. Yeah. Like, and I get it's like a power aspect, but like the funny thing is, it actually to me makes sense the other way. If like a black lives matter protester went to a KKK rally and they were like, we're going to rape them. That weirdly makes sense that they would think that to me because of the, the, the dynamics of what rape actually is and being more about power. Huh? Yeah. Weird. Maybe this scene should make sense because they're all racist. If you look at it in that way, that they're all like essentially weird 1950s KKK members. Right, that's true. And they're asserting racial, or what they believe is racial power over them. Maybe that scene does make sense. But it still just doesn't make any sense right afterwards, where they're just like, oh, the error of our ways. We're no longer violent, rapist, racists. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the the time intervals of, like, the <laughs> the shift in their emotions and whatever everything is just so like way too quick to feel like it actually made sense (laughs) and also it's just so weird that the cops show up right then and just arrest him (laughs) right i don't know i just so much of this movie just like i said my keyword for this movie is weird like yeah. if and, and two other people had died and the cops knew that. <laughs> no Why one would they have fuck. all been arrested? 
Yeah, Roman right. may have all been arrested. Dude, Why was it just him? That's an Why even better point, Kino? Justin. That's an even better point. I didn't even, I forgot about that. Not that I forgot that they died, but why wouldn't the police just walk up and go, put that man's body down? We're arresting all of you. There are two other dead bodies. Because there are two other dead bodies. You got three dead bodies and you're arresting (laughs) one person? And the police just go, and you know who all is involved in it? And the police, it's just like, they just walk up and they go, Oh, you completely contaminated our crime scene. That's fine. We're just arresting this guy and blaming all three murders on him. Let's go. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Oh, fuck, it gets weirder. Like, like I didn't even put that into account. That the police wouldn't no, have just true. shown up and gone, No, put his body down. We're arresting all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what and they also would have should have done. What's that? I'm just saying that's at least what they should have done. I mean, yeah, no, don't I get agree. me wrong. Cops don't always do what they should do. But I'm just like, even just story-wise, they should have rolled up and just gone, we're arresting everybody. Even you, old lady. Right. There's, there are three <laughs> dead bodies, and you are holding one right now. Right. Everyone's <laughs> getting arrested till we get this figured the fuck out. And also to Jason's point that he made at the beginning about <laughs> that the scene in the movie when they're when Maria's at work, you know, and she's singing the I feel pretty song like that was in a such a random place in this movie yeah. where you're just like, why did you <laughs> you should have put it before that whole, you know, gang killing scene. And you, again, yeah. I should have looked to see where that was inserted in the original but I just feel like, yeah, that kind of, it, it, the, it just throws off everything. Like if you're supposed to feel some kind of emotional way about this gang killing of the two leads that were basically the supporting characters of the entire movie. And then, Oh, that scene's done. Let's go to this happy scene of this girl singing in the store. Like, <laughs> and then let's go back after that to more killing. Like, it just is weird. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand it, you know? Yeah, that was so, that was in such an odd place. And that's why I was like, wait a minute. I was not ready for this tone shift. That They just came out of nowhere. Like, it just felt so yeah. out of nowhere. And then it wasn't that great of a number. It was just kind of them walking around. So, like, it wasn't like it was visually pleasant or stood out in any kind of way. It was just kind of, it felt like one of those songs that's from the original that w- that he just felt like needed to be in there somewhere, you know? Well, that, and based he on what come I come up see. with a better way. Based on what I can see for the soundtrack, like the original cast recordings from the 1960s, that is where Pretty takes place every time. And yeah. and, see, and that's another kind of thing I was saying about some of these dated musicals, you yeah. know, and just the order that they put things in. Like, this is what they would do. You would just go back and forth between all these emotionally different songs, but it, it but but it, but it, they don't have the flow that modern musicals have nowadays. We'll see. Yeah, I get it. If it was done executionally better, because it would be a great way to show 
the the disconnect Maria actually has from realistically what's been happening with the sharks and the jets for a while because she was so new to the country you know that it would it to me thematically would be better because it makes a lot of sense because it's like showing kind of some naivety and just showing that she just doesn't know what's going on you know it's like that little last bit of innocence that she has before her world crumbles type of situation and thematically i do understand that it's just the way this movie was shot and i'm assuming yeah. that it's going to be the same way in the play and in the original movie executionally speaking it is jarring as fuck because mm-hmm. you just get Two people dying and her singing, I feel pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I think what would have, at least for me, it would have made more sense to put the I feel pretty scene right before the gang fight. And then, then cut to the scene where she's leaving the store and Chino comes to tell, tell her about, you know, her brother being killed. Like That, that, I think would have made more sense. That would make sense. Or at least a way to do it musically based on like a more modern musical structure, you would do the, I feel pretty. Then you would do the rumble. And during the rumble, you would have a musical number during the rumble. And in that you could have, you would do like the reprise sections where, you know, thematically in a musical where they'll call back to other songs. Yep. In a later song, mm-hmm. what you would do in that section is you would have a like a slower tempo, a tempo song because of the rumble or to show the emotional weight of what's going on. And you reprise pretty in that scene to kind of show that whilst this is happening, she is still in the mindset of what she was bef- like in that other place because she doesn't know what's going on. So with the reprise, you kind of combine the two to show that yeah. she is disconnected from what's going on, but show still showing the mindset that they wanted to show of her of being kind of naive and just the whole idea of being naive and in love and just not understanding reality or whatever's going on. So you could have done that in that way, which would have been like what you were saying, Justin, a more modern musical would have done, you know? Yeah. Let's just take a look at like Hamilton where Hamilton, you know, at the very beginning when they do the Alexander Hamilton, uh, number and stuff like that, it's, very intense it's very direct it's you know it's full of energy and all this other stuff but later when he's dying like towards you know in the scene when he's dying and stuff like that they call back to that song and they reprise elements of that song to add an element of full circledness to it you know that that drive and determination from the first number is what led to this type of situation and it adds Mm -hmm. a flow to it even though they are so disconnected by almost every conceivable way by tempo by style by all these things but by reprising it at that moment 
it adds a flow and connectedness to it all that these songs don't have. Especially in that element of you're watching a rumble and two people die and it goes to I'm pretty. Yeah. And like, and Hamilton really is great at that too. They do that with the room where it happens a lot too. Like they add elements of that. A lot of modern musicals do that. The wicked does that a lot. Um, one of my favorite musicals rent does that. They even do a song that is strictly a reprise of the Mm -hmm. more or less the most famous song from rent with the 525,600 minutes. Which actually, in the movie, takes place at the very beginning of the movie when it actually legitimately takes place right before intermission uh, in the play. And they do that at Angel's funeral because that song is about seizing moments in life. You know, that you've got that many mo- minutes in a year, you know, just because you have one bad, don't, you know, let it ruin other minutes. Like, you know, you, every minute's an opportunity and all this other stuff. And then Angel's funeral happens and. It's about the loss and the 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 the, the mourning you that you have, but at the same time, knowing that you still have all these minutes that you still have to take advantage of, and still being while mournful, still having that hope and the happiness that you at least had that love for some of those minutes that you had and all these things. So it's incredibly tragic and hopeful all at the same time, but it adds that connectedness and that flow to it. You know, they combine a couple of songs technically during that moment, because it's technically I'll cover. Well, it's technically, I'm sorry. It's technically the I'll cover you reprise that has elements of the 525,000 in it. So it's the love song that they sang to each other. But when you juxtapose it with the 525,000, it's like I said about that hope Seasons and the happiness. Seasons of Love, I think, is the name of the song. <laughs> no, that's after that. It is the Alcover You Reprise. No, I'm just saying the name of the song. Oh, yes, you yes, keep, you're right, you you're right, you're right. Yes, yes, saying that is the first line of, of the song. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's what everybody knows. Everybody knows 525,600 minutes. Everyone knows that. Um, but I'm just saying, when you yeah. juxtapose them with each other, because in, in, that's, in the reprise, they are repeating the 525,600 minutes they don't really go over the seasons of love part they are doing the the chorus part of that the minutes though. part yeah. yes and like i said so they use that to juxtapose the two elements together like i said so you're still having hope and and the happiness that you even had that love in your life and those memories in your life even though it is a mournful and tragic event you know so yeah there's so there a, would have been a way to do that with this. Exactly. Movie. I mean, I gr- granted that, that idea wasn't as common as it is now in musicals back then, but like, fuck it, change it now, make it better now. Just because that's how they did things back then doesn't mean it wasn't dumb. <laughs> because, like I said, I get what they were trying to do. But they don't execute it right, and based on what I've seen off of original cast soundtracks from the original play and everything, it seems like every time they've done this, they didn't do it right. And yeah. It doesn't make it better, you know? Yeah. Fucking West Side Story, man. West Side Story. Anyway, you guys got any more thoughts about this shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. 
Well, what's so funny? Because they called it shit? Yeah. I mean, we all gave it fairly bad scores. I mean, what, Justin gave it the most passing-ish score-ish? You know, with the 60-something? Didn't you give it a 60-something, Justin? I'm not crazy, right? It was a while ago. Yeah, 60. Yeah, right at 60. <laughs> you sure you don't want to just make it a 59? <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. What were you going to no, say, I Justin? think that's fair. All right, just that's for fine. The, you know, I for get the it. filmmaking you aspect gotta, of it. You got to stick by your laurels. I get it. I yeah. get it. But on that note, thank everybody. thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Did you know that it actually takes longer time to say www than it does to say World Wide Web? Interesting little fact. Full facts tonight. Mm. Uh, you are. So check us out on the internet with that. Uh, Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook. Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Cinema Slayers pod on TikTok. Uh, tell your family or no, give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, shout out to Plug Me Go and Mundo Ochoa for a theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends, and most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers, especially if they are dear sweet mothers that also just don't like West Side Story. Because no one should. No one. At all. And people do. So... Let's fix that. Let's get just more mothers not liking this movie. Maybe they won't show their shitty little kids this movie. And we won't have fucking people in 50 years from now going, oh my god, we need to remake it again. Because it's just still a classic. Just fuck. Let the cycle end now. Uh, and as always in the TikToks and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. <laughs> Slayer, 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 Slayer. I don't know. Uh, it's too late now. It's over. You can't sing now. It's too late. It's over. This is what that movie's done to you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that, that's the movie in a nutshell. <laughs> real quick, real quick before we end this, I just want to ask, uh, how many Academy Awards do you think this movie's going to get nominated for? Oh boy! Oh, five, six, or seven. So I'm thinking seven. I'm just for whatever reason that's in my head. This movie's going to get nominated yeah. for at least seven Academy Awards. That's all. That's. That it would be a lot of the technical awards, I think, though. Oh God, no! I don't think so. I, it really? might get one or two of those, but I, I don't. Wouldn't surprise me if best original song isn't from like an, a nominator from this because they technically can again. Uh, Best picture, best adapted screenplay. Director, probably. You're going to get a best director. You're going to get a best cinematographer. You're going to get at least one or two best acting or actresses or whatever in a supporting role or something. Really? You're going to get at least two people from this movie nominated in acting categories. I guarantee it. It wouldn't be surprised me if it wasn't, uh, what's her name? Rita Marino and the, the woman that played Anita in this one. 
It wouldn't surprise me if both of them weren't nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Just because I feel Marino like that's is what nominated they do. for she's, her four I, minute role. She's going to get. All right. And I don't. I mean this in the nicest way possible. She's going to get nominated. I'm 90% sure she's going to get nominated. I'm 127% sure she's going to get nominated if she dies before nominations come out. Hmm. Just saying. I mean, is there anyone in this that you think deserves like an acting award for this role or for the award? No. Uh, The woman that played Anita, if she got nominated, I wouldn't be pissed. Yeah, she was the supporting actress. Not yeah. If she got nominated, I could see that. I wouldn't be upset. And now I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe I just I we don't know what other performances they would you would compare it to at the moment. You know. Yeah, that's true. But if she got nominated, I wouldn't be upset by that. That's the only thing. That cinematographer, (laughs) cinematographer, and her are the only two that I legitimately think are valid nominations costume design i would be okay with too mm, I'm, I'm not against that yeah you know i just i'd have to maybe see some other movies or just know like you know yeah. what they're gonna do with that but but fuck that's yeah, another one ariana this movie, debose is the only person that should be if they have any nominations for acting she's yes. the only one that should be in that category yes 100 percent I could see the guy playing Riff getting nominated too. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but I could see it happening. Or Raph, or whatever. I mean, he would be my was. he would be my next choice, but still not quite to the level of Anita. But yeah. yeah, but I could see him getting nominated. You know, like I said, there's just so many yeah. things that this movie I think will get nominated for. I don't necessarily think it will win a lot of them because I just don't think that. Not for any specific yeah. reason other than I, there's going to be some more Oscar bait movies that are more likely to win this shit, you know, but yeah. I just, I could see a bunch of these noms though. Just all the noms. I guess you're right. It just, it's such an underwhelming movie that for me, it didn't stand out as like, yeah, definitely it will, but you're right. It is an Oscar bait movie. So that makes sense. It's just, it, plus it being a remake of a just beloved cinema classic and critics loving this movie like they do. I'm I'm thinking about upping it. I'm thinking this movie might be the most nominated movie this year. Okay. We'll, I'm, we'll place I'm, bets. I'm going to say five nominations. I What's mean, your, they do have a tendency to lean towards musicals. So, I'll go with six. You're going six. I'm going 11. Oh. Yeah. That's like Lord of the Rings level nominations. Yeah, I, I like I said, I think that this movie will be the most nominated movie for the Academy Awards. It goes up, whatever which one there it is. I think this will be the newest nominated movie. Hmm. Okay. And they'll re-release it in theaters again because this movie will make like fucking forty million total this entire run. Because <laughs> who the fuck seeing it next weekend? You've got Spider Man next weekend. You've got The Matrix the weekend after this. No one's seeing this movie after this weekend. So it's going to make like 30, 40 million total. And it's going to get the most Academy Award nominations. And they're going to re-release it again in like eight months going, the most nominated movie of 2021. And then hoping it can make another 4 million. 
I honestly think all those things are going to help it. I think it being a low box office movie is going to help it because all the critics and all these fucking Hollywood people are going to be like, no, it's Hollywood Golden Cinema. Nominate the fuck out of it. It's just, yep. Oh, God, I see it. 12. Final answer, 12. 12 nominations. (laughs) Done. Not changing anymore. 12. I'll take a half victory if it doesn't get that, but it's still the most nominated movie. Okay. So. Yeah, this will be fun to go back and revisit during Oscar season. If I'm way off and it's only like two nominations, I'm deleting this recording. Just saying. (laughs) Just the end part. All right, I'm out.